Good morning, sports fans, bettors, and cappers, and welcome to the Friday edition of the Competitive Hedge Podcast. I am your host of the show, Kenneth Cotterell, and thank you all for listening today. This podcast is all about sports and the world of betting. We talk about results and headlines from the past few days before diving into today's betting slate, and we cap it off with our daily betting card. We got three plays for you here coming up later on in the show, but we are live after a late night of NFL draft coverage, so if you're listening to this now, it is likely Friday morning. It was an exciting night. Not quite as many trades as we would have liked to have seen, but some surprising picks, that's for sure. We're going to talk about some of those picks a little bit later on, but before we do, we got to head over and do our ad. Before we get started with today's episode, are you looking to make some wagers? Then head over to bet99.com. Bet99 is a Canadian sportsbook and casino that offers in-play betting, player props, a cash-out option, and many more great products. There are a variety of sports available on the website to bet on, including NHL, NBA, NFL, and MLB. Bet99 works smoothly on both desktop and mobile, and the mobile app can be downloaded from the website's homepage. Now, depositing and withdrawing funds is hassle-free, with a number of well-known methods available to use, so you know your money is safe and secure. The website can be viewed in both English and French, and customer service is available 24-7 with their live chat option. So go to bet99.com today to make an account. Use code SHOOTERS at signup, and please gamble responsibly. You must be 19-plus years of age to do so, and if you have questions or concerns about your gambling or the gambling of someone close to you, contact Connex Ontario at 1-866-531-2600 to speak to an advisor free of charge. Now, let's get back to the show. So let's chat about the last couple days of betting plays now. Thursday, nice profitable day, two and one. We chatted a little bit about just shortening our plays and everything that we have going on. Sorry, that's Wednesday's record was two and one. We had Milwaukee first five minus a half and Liverpool money line. Unfortunately, the Bruins were unable to deliver. Now, Thursday, looking great as of now. We're 3-1 and one so far. Vegas up 4 to nothing, and we have them in regulation. Uh, so looking like it could be a 4-1 and one day for the show. Getting back to profit, that's what we're all about here at the Competitive Hedge Podcast. Now, we got to chat about the NBA playoffs to start off because we've got some series that have come to a close and a lot of surprising first-round results. Now, Gonna start with the Knicks and Cavs. The Knicks close it out in Cleveland. They win by 11 in that final game. Honestly, great guard play all throughout this series, whether it was Brunson quickly had his moments, Josh Hart had his moments, RJ Barrett was great at times as well. This was just a complete team effort by this Knicks team. And we've seen that kind of throughout the year. Quickly was a six-man candidate. We know that uh, Randall and Robinson in the front court have been great. Obi Toppin giving them quality minutes. But this honestly just came down to the fact that the Knicks were the deeper team. They played with a lot more urgency. They were a lot more physical. And Mitchell and Garland, they had their moments throughout, but they also got locked up at times. And when they did, the Cavs struggled to score. Osman was not consistent enough. Neither was Karis Levert and a lot of other guys that they were expecting to be better including that Cavs front court. Jared Allen was not great, and neither was Evan Mobley. So this is a young team. They still have the potential to be a contender down the road. I do think that they need to make a move or two this offseason in order to bolster that bench, really get them some scoring. 
They could use a Norman Powell type guy, a Jordan Clarkson type guy that can get them more off the bench from a scoring perspective. But overall, still a great year for the Cavs to see them back in the postseason. And I'm sure we'll see them there once again next year. Now, Miami, they take game five. They close out this series in five games. And Jimmy Butler, once again, just absolutely incredible in the fourth. Now, I don't want to belabor the point too much, but this also comes down to the fact that the Bucks blew another fourth quarter lead. They got outscored 32 to 16 in the fourth. And it just felt like with five minutes to go, even with Miami down by about a half dozen, that they were going to win this basketball game. And Jimmy, he's clutch at the rim uh, in order to send it to overtime. And then they're able to deliver even with multiple heat players fouling out. Um, Giannis also wasn't great at the free throw line and and he tried to deflect after the game. I didn't like that. Um, It felt like he needed to own the fact that they just, they got beat in this series. Budenholzer, he was awful when it came to his time management. They had a timeout at the end of regulation. They also had one in overtime and a lot of people love to poke fun at Grayson Allen for not getting a shot up in time. And I get it. It's Grayson Allen. He's kind of one of the more memeable guys in the league, but very disappointing end of the year for the Bucs. That was our title winner. We were all in on the Bucs all year long, and now we're going to get a Miami and Knicks uh, Eastern Conference matchup. I'm excited for that. Going to be plenty of trash talk, especially if the Off the Ball Network, about these two teams, and I can't wait for it. Now, tonight, we also saw Boston and Atlanta in their series. Boston wins 128 to 120. Trey Young, 30 and 10. Murray, 14 and 11, but wasn't enough. Tatum and Brown, they combined for 62 points on the night. And Boston, they were just the better defensive team. They have more depth and they're better coached. And that's why they're winning this series in six games. Now, Atlanta bringing in DeJounte Murray, I had a little bit more expectations for this group. And the fact that he was unable to deliver um, after coming off a great year in San Antonio, I don't think it's a great fit. I think they're going to run it back next year regardless. But I just don't love the fit here when it comes to Atlanta, and I'd like to see them make some moves this offseason. And then in the West, the Lakers, they lead 3-2, to two, but they lost Game 5 in Memphis. The Lakers have to win Game 6 in L.A. You don't want to have to go back to Memphis for a Game 7, especially with the way Desmond Bain and John Morant are playing right now. They combined for, I think, over 60 points in Game 5, and so that's not a duo that you want to see get hot at the right time, but it's been a great series. And then even the Kings and Warriors. Warriors finally pick up that elusive road victory. Now, can they go home and close this out? De'Aaron Fox was surprisingly better than I expected, given he had 24-9-7 and with a broken uh, finger. But nonetheless, they lose that game. Now, can they win in Golden State for that game six? Now, NHL playoffs-wise, and a, a lot of great series here once again. And Tampa Bay tonight, they extend it with Toronto. They just flat out beat them 4-2. to two. They outshot them 38-30 to 30 on the road in a do-or-die game. Toronto's going to have to bring it in either game 6 or 7 if they don't want that streak of first-round losses to continue. But it's not going to be easy. The East champs, three years running, it's going to be tough to put them out, and they're going to have to be at their very best. The Devils, another series that's been great. They win at home 4 to nothing. They blank the Rangers. So they take a 3-2 lead. This is the first game where a home team's won in this series. Now, can the Rangers go uh, on the road and pick up a victory here? Um, I don't know. Or at home. Jesus. It's been a long night, guys. 
But the Rangers need to go home and win game six and then push it to seven, see if they can pick up another road win. Vegas, as I said, they're leading four to nothing right now. So it looks like that series is going to close with Winnipeg in five. Winnipeg did take that first game, but the injuries have started to pile up, and that's why we're seeing where they're at right now. Boston, they have an opportunity to go to Florida and close out the series tomorrow. We're going to chat about that game a little more uh, in a little bit here. Same with the Kraken. They have a chance to go home and close out the series as well. And Dallas has an opportunity to close out their series on the road, as do the Carolina Hurricanes with the Islanders. There's a lot of NHL action that we're going to chat about in just a couple minutes' time. Now, NFL draft-wise, uneventful evening, I guess you could say, after the first couple of picks because Bryce Young, he went number one. We knew that was all but inevitable. I think it closed at minus 20,000 that it was going to be Bryce Young going first overall, especially after Carolina moved up and took Chicago's pick there. Now, at number two, we saw Houston take Stroud. I don't think that was a big surprise either. But then the third pick, they also trade up to get Will Anderson there out of Alabama. So they get potentially the best defensive player on the board as well. So Houston had a great draft. They got a quarterback. They got the best defensive guy. Once you start going down the list, Anthony Richardson might have been a little bit of a surprise going to Indianapolis. Uh, Bijan Robinson going to Atlanta at eight. That was one of my more surprising picks that I saw on the night. Algier actually had a pretty good year last year. So to see the fact that they went with a running back there when they had so many other knees, I was a bit surprised by. Uh, Jalen Carter, he's going to the Eagles at number nine. And then they also got Nolan Smith from Georgia, the defensive end at 30. So I think the Eagles had a great draft. They were able to revamp that defense heading into next year after they just went to the Super Bowl. Will Levis, not a great night for him. He's going to be talked about a lot by other media networks, so I'll leave that up to them. But nonetheless, he's going to be waiting and heading into day two, trying to decide where he's going to end up. A lot of wide receivers went off the board late in that first round, as did some defensive linemen. Overall, not a lot of big moves. The guys that we heard might get moved, like the Austin Ecklers, the Dalvin Cooks, the DeAndre Hopkins, all these skill guys, they remain in place at least for another day. We'll see if they get moved on day two. But the big news in the NFL on the day had to be Lamar Jackson. He signed his extension with the Baltimore Ravens. He held out, and it paid off, given the fact that Jalen Hurts just got paid in the last week or so. And so he gets a ton of guaranteed money. He's the highest-paid player in the league now as well. I'm thrilled for Lamar. He's a former MVP. He hasn't had the playoff success that he's wanted but by the looks of things, especially after draft night, they went and got Zay Flowers in this draft. We know they added OBJ, uh, and they still have Mark Andrews there as well. It's a revamped offense. Let's see if the Ravens can make a push in the very difficult AFC. And so let's head over now. Let's talk about the daily game slate for Friday. We've got a lot to get to, but before we do, let's play the video. Alrighty, so let's get right into things. Let's chat about the two NBA playoff games that are happening on the night. And it's going to start with that Lakers and Memphis game. Lakers are minus four and a half at home. They tip off at just after 10.30 Eastern time. Now, 2.19 and a half is where I would go if I'm looking at this from a betting perspective. It feels like you got two teams that are in the top eight in scoring per game on the year. 
and it is a do or die game for Memphis. So I'm not worried about them delivering on offense. I do think that the Lakers are ultimately going to close it out. I don't know if I like it enough to bet the four and a half though. That does feel a little bit steep to me. If you want to buy it down a couple points, get it to two and a half. Then I think there's definitely some value there. Injuries wise, it's still the same suspects. Kennard could go. He's a game time decision, but no Steven Adams. And then when you've got LeBron, AD, and Schroeder, all game time decisions, I have no doubt in my mind that all three are going to play in this game six. So really looking forward to this matchup. In the other West matchup, this is the one earlier in the night. You got Sacramento and Golden State. Golden State minus seven and a half at home. And I expect to see a lot of Kings tickets here. I know that, you know, Golden State, they went in on the road. They won by seven. Now people feel like they're heading back to the crib and they're going to close things out. But I still think that this is a Warriors team that hasn't been the greatest uh, this season. I do think that the Kings score enough points where they can at least make it close when we're talking an over-under perspective. It's 234 and a half. So you just have to ask yourself the question, do you think that Sacramento can go in and score 120 points? Because if they do, then they're likely going to cover this number. But I'm looking forward to this game. It's definitely the better game out of the two on the evening. It's delivered all playoffs long, and so I'm looking forward to this game. And then we've got four NHL games that we want to touch on for sure, starting with the first one, that being Carolina and the Islanders. Now, I'm pretty surprised that this went to a sixth game. Uh, The fact that the Islanders went on the road, they picked up that win in Carolina, and I wasn't that high on Carolina heading into the postseason. When you have Ranta in net, and if he's not going, then you have Anderson in net, it doesn't inspire a lot of confidence. And I thought that the Islanders, at the very least, having Sorokin, who I would consider a top seven goalie this year in the league, being there, uh, I thought that the Islanders would make this a lot closer. Now, they've got an opportunity to go home and take care of business. I do think that there is value in betting them in this spot. I think that this could get pushed to seven games. So looking at the betting odds around this one to get it at plus or at minus 115 at home, I do really like that Islanders line. Now, Boston, they're going on the road, and they are minus 170 for this one. I still like Boston in regulation. I don't think that it's a bad play. This Boston team was not bad on the road all year long. You can get them in regulation at minus 103. If you want to put just Boston money line straight up in a parlay, I think there's definitely value to be had there. But I would just be very surprised if we see Florida pushing this to six. I think they're fortunate that they got that game five and now Boston's going to head in and they're going to dominate like they did both games in Florida in this series. So I definitely would play Boston if I'm looking at a side. Now, if we're heading out west, you got Dallas and Minnesota. And Dallas, you can get the minus 105 on the road. We got that Dallas future bet, and I really don't think that I can bet them in this spot. It does feel like this is going to be a seven-game series. Minnesota is the home team ultimately. Gustafson's been good this this series. Ottinger's just been a little bit better. But I think in Minnesota, Dallas already got their road victory. I think they close it out at home in seven. But in game six at the very least, I think Minnesota's the play. Um, it is basically a pick em. Maybe you Maybe you live bet this game. You wait and see how the first period goes, and then you decide from there. But I think Minnesota's the side if you're going to be looking at one for this game. And then lastly, you've got Colorado. They're minus 142 on the road against Seattle. Seattle, very valuable victory that they picked up, and now they're heading home with an opportunity to close out the Cup champs early. They got Kale McCarr back in the lineup. Now, 
We read the story around Nachushkin today. Uh, not a great situation there. Not going to touch that one with a 10-foot pole. But Landis Cog still is out for this one as well. So you have a very depleted Colorado team. But getting McCarr back is going to be a major edge. I do think that getting Colorado at that value, if you're looking bet 99, you're looking at minus 157. Maybe you hope that comes down. I wouldn't bet an in regulation here. It does feel like we could get pushed over time once again, as we've seen in this series already. But I do like Colorado if you are looking to take a side for this game. And then MLB-wise, as always, there's always going to be a ton of MLB games happening. And there's a lot of interesting pitching matchups on the day. Not a lot of very high totals. Um, even Royals and Twins. Twins are minus 250 at home. But the over-under is only sitting at 7.5. And, and that'll happen when you've got Lyles and Lopez. But I do think that you bet Minnesota on the run line if you are looking for a value play. You can get the Cubs on the on the road at minus 120. I would stay away from this game, especially with Stroman going. He's very hit and miss. Orioles and Tigers is going to be one of our show plays, so wait a couple minutes for that one. Pirates are minus 125 on the road against the Nationals. They've got Hill on the mound, who hasn't been the best, but the Pirates also have one of the best records in the entire league right now, so I think that's great road value. Mariners and Jays, I'd stay away from this one. Castillo and Manoa, another hit-and-miss pitching matchup. I do like the Mets at home with Peterson pitching. I know he hasn't been the best, and he's taken on Freed, but... To see that kind of line with the Mets at home, I really like that play. Rays minus 145 on the road with Eflin going against Giolito. I like the Rays for sure. And then Cleveland minus 140 against Boston. Uh, this is another play that we're certainly looking at today and will be a part of our card. You still got another half dozen games there as well, including Yankees Rangers, which should be good with DeGrom on the mound as well as Kelly and Freeland going in the Diamondbacks and Rockies game. So lots to bet on, plenty of value out there. There's a lot of European soccer as well if you're looking to go that route. We debated looking at English Championship with Blackpool and Millwall, but we stayed away for that one at the very least. But you can get some Bundesliga action if you want Dortmund. You can get Lyon uh, if you like French soccer and you got Real Sociedad in Spain. The reason why we're playing none of them, they're all on the road. Don't love the spots. Just don't think that there's a ton of value to be had there. So with that, let's talk about our picks for today. Last Call Pick segment sponsored by Last Mountain Distillery. So let's play the promo video. Mountain Distillery is family-owned and operated in Lumsden, Saskatchewan, the heart of grain country. Saskatchewan's first micro-distillery success lies in their commitment to producing high-quality handcrafted spirits. Their craft distilling process brings out the full flavor of the grain and leaves a smooth finish unlike any other. Check out some of their great products, including their dill pickle vodka, sweet tea vodka, and a lot of other great stuff. Their old-fashioned is one of my favorites. So go support local and support Last Mountain Distillery. But with that, here's our three plays for today, and then we'll get on out of here and enjoy our Friday. Let's start with the Lakers and Grizzlies. We're going to play the over at one and a half units. Again, do or die game for the Grizzlies. Lakers have been very good at home, especially in the regular season. So I do think that this is a great spot for a high scoring game. We see something in the 118 to 112 range, but I love the Lakers spot here. 
I like the Tigers and Orioles over. I'm really not sold on either pitcher in this matchup. And so because of that, I think one of them could falter, whether that be one of the Rodriguez, because it's Rodriguez versus Rodriguez in this one. But you've got a 5.12 ERA for Baltimore's Rodriguez and a 2.32 for Detroit's. I just think we see maybe a 5-4 to four final here. And so I really love this over 7.5. And, and then to cap it off, I am going to play the Guardians' first 5 minus a half against the Red Sox on the road. Bieber on the mound taking on Pavetta. I'm always going to back Bieber in this spot. I'm a Red Sox fan, but I won't back them today. So give me the Guardians on the road. But appreciate everyone who tuned into the show. We got word that the driving range is open Saturday. So excited to get back out there and play some golf. May not be on the course, but at least get back into golfing shape. Appreciate everyone who tunes into our show every single day. And we'll see you guys Monday for the Competitive Hedge podcast. Thank you.